Yeah, it's gonna get hot in here. <laughs> Kyle, uh, was, I was working with Kyle like recently over here in this room, and he's yeah. doing a lot more video work here. And obviously, we have to have the lights on. Yep. And that heats up like so quickly. Is that the so reason why we haven't used them in like the past like two podcasts? Yeah, because it's, there's no there's no reason, right? We can we can talk in the dark. That's- <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I get. No, the window is fine. But yeah, but if I turn it on, it's going to be really, it's going to be hot. Okay. Kyle hot. Marshall, right? YouTube? Yeah, my, Kyle Marshall. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Famous YYC podcaster and, uh, and YouTuber, although he's been working more with podcasts recently than, uh, than video. I think he put his, uh, his YouTube channel on, on hold on a hiatus, which we all usually do yeah. right? as as like vloggers and all that kind of stuff cuz it usually doesn't pay the bill unless you've made it and to make it you got to please the gods of the algorithm of, uh, absolutely yeah, yeah, right? yeah and all that kind of stuff and and i just don't have enough stuff to sacrifice <laughs> to, to those gods um, what do you I mean don't. all you need is just a lamb and a knife all you need is to do a lot of asmr and just <laughs> And just actually, completely like just funny you should say that I was, all your morals <laughs> i was actually planning on making an asmr no, video no, yeah yeah really? I, yeah really? no because here's the thing i have like a really secret like i don't know like a like a fit for asmr stuff like i really enjoy just like crumpling yeah. and crunchling and like like a fetish for it because like that's exactly yeah. what it is that's exactly <laughs> what it is i'm sorry i don't mean to no that's okay or offend any asmr it's exactly what there, it is it's exactly there's I, no like, way that's not sexual um i there's yeah right yeah I mean, like i can't even deny there's it no way no there's absolutely no way <laughs> welcome back anyway, to the podcast welcome uh back. Yes, to, he said he said bullshit there we go episode three yeah we've made it into like the three-parter of this of this trilogy, of this nonsense this season well there's gonna be more but, absolutely uh, 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 this is a trilogy now it's a trilogy now there you go so it's like the star wars it. but they they're more they're more yeah they're like, but they like rebooted now. a couple times yes my name is Bensa. Uh, across from the table sits Dan. Hello. Um, we are video creators, photographers for all of you people who just joined in for the first time. Uh, thank you so much for checking us out and giving us a time of day. Uh, hopefully longer than 60 seconds because Spotify actually uh, measures a lot of statistics based on 60 second listenership. So if you made it oh, this really? far, okay. you've already helped us out tremendously yes, in this so podcast. we should always start strong. Absolutely. Right? Uh, ASMR. Um, today's topic I wanted to kind of discuss with you, Dan, is budget gear, because a lot of times as photographers, filmmakers, I actually saw this post today on Instagram and it was like the, the photography expert. And it was basically like this dude with two Nikon cameras across his shoulders, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with Nikon cameras. Yeah. Okay? They're absolutely amazing. They actually knock out the video specs of like most things nowadays, but like 10 bit raw and like, yeah. oh, Okay. If only they could still use people. If, if only they could get people to actually <laughs> use it. Absolutely. Right? No one uses it. And yeah. I was talking to Dave about this, uh, about the fact that like Nikon created like probably one of the most like amazing video mirrorless cameras uh-huh. of today's age, and yeah, no, no one's using it. But why? Why? How come though? Why not? Well, so they created the Z mount, right? Like their new mirrorless uh-huh. mount, and because of that, they have like three lenses out for it. Um, and at the at the time of us recording this podcast, they just released the Z50, which is like their mirrorless crop frame camera, Nikon that is. Mm-hmm. And they released like three new lenses for it, like three new Z-mount lenses. Yeah. But this is where like everything kind of like screws me up in the mind. The Z-mount, which is the new mirrorless mount, is bigger than their original like Nikkor 
Mount. I, th- I hope I'm saying it right. Yeah. We have to fact check Cross this afterwards. Fingers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to the Google machine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was that like a Batman? That was a vignette, <laughs> like yeah, the Batman vignette thing. Um, but so they created this like new uh, Z mount which is bigger than their original mount, but they made it so like back when it was just like Nikon DSLR days, they made their mounts so that it's cross compatible from full frame to crop frame. So kind of like what Sony does with their E-mounts now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing though, you can only squeeze through so much light on their uh, full sensor. frame lenses. So they actually had to go and figure out how to redesign their Nikkor lens. I just figured this out like a couple of days ago, which uh-huh. I thought was fascinating. Um, how to let more light in in a smaller hole. It's actually like mesmerizing if you like really do the research on it. Oh, yeah. But they created their new mount system and they don't have lenses for it. That's why no one uses it. Mm. But the reason why I was telling this is because uh, gear is expensive and a lot of experts or quote-unquote experts out there um, have like very, very expensive equipment. Hence, they charge, right? We talked about this in the last podcast. However, today I wanted to talk to you about... (laughs) But today I wanted to kind of talk to you about uh, budget gear and how good budget gear can actually get. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because a recent debate that I had with someone about white socks. Okay. When you like think about white socks, what is like the first thing that you think of? That they're cheap. Okay. That's what I think about. Yeah. What about packs of eight? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And are they usually like appealing to you? Not really. No. (laughs) They're like as neutral as it can be, I guess. Okay. So let's say, and I I threw this scenario into like a bunch of people's uh, attention. Okay. But I was talking to them about uh, what if you're on a date and all of a sudden um, you're like, go up to your your date and, and you see their face and you see their outfit and you're like, oh my gosh, like that is the hottest human piece I've ever seen in my entire yes. life. <laughs> yes, human pieces are very, <laughs> very hot. But then, but then you look down at the ankles and all you see is just this vibrant white thing poking through the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. What are your Almost thoughts? blinding you. Yeah, yeah. My thoughts, I, I would probably just still bypass socks and, and, <laughs> and focus more on this, you know, as you call it, such beautiful human pieces. Yeah. But or pieces we, of humans. Yeah, or pieces of humans. Yeah. If we're going the serial killer route over yeah, here. Absolutely. But it's Halloween have, soon, so yes, we have exactly. to. We have established this before that you are more of a man of, of style and fashion inclined, <laughs> more so than myself. Uh, although I like to think I have some nice threads, but I can. You got see a nice my, fresh haircut. I, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed one. I needed Absolutely. One. But uh, but that's that's but that's me. I probably wouldn't think wouldn't mind so much. Okay. But only because I think only because only just now I started actually minding white socks on a personal level. They just ah. don't last as long as like uh, the other Interesting. socks. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe they're poorly made. I guess. I suppose. That's why they come in packs of eight, right? And they oh yeah, they always come in like a nice little bulk. Yeah, exactly. Unless you buy like the the LeBron like Cavaliers edition of like sport compression socks mm-hmm. that cost like seventy eight dollars and it's only one pair. It's ridiculous. But but, uh, but yeah, but now I know that you are. I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm wearing black socks over here because apparently you're a, a white socks. How do you how what would I call it? A I don't white know. Soxist? I, I think color shouldn't matter. Yeah, but I threw this thesis at all those people that I've asked, and I went to like four different like 
locations to acquire. Like I didn't done this like extensive research on the most useless subject, which yeah. is White Sox. Uh-huh. My thesis statement was that White Sox are in fact the greatest form of birth control. Okay. Be, like, I think, are we going like the American pie route over I, here? Is that I think so. Are we talking about I think that? so. Are we talking about jerking your gherkin in your socks? No, actually, I was just, okay. <laughs> just going to talk about the fact that like, as soon as I look at a pair of white socks, I want to run the opposite direction. Oh, I thought. I cannot stand I thought, the, you know, with that, with that tagline, I thought that, that you meant like talk about jerking off, leaving themselves yeah. into socks. No. Hence the, the American No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay. So this is a lot more Bananas family friendly. What? Fa- this is a lot more fin- <laughs> family. Ah. So this is a lot more family friendly subject. Absolutely. Than I thought it was. Okay. Absolutely. Continue. Um. So I went to a couple of people and uh, people who had significant others. Okay. And, and these were females. And so I asked them, "Does your significant other have white socks?" Because my analogy was that if someone is in a relationship, then that person will not wear white socks. Hence, they're in a relationship. You see where my logic kind of goes here? Well, you know what? I uh, I see it because I am in a relationship. And uh, ever since that moment, I stopped wearing white socks. Oh, well, actually. look at that. Look this at that. actually the, the proves my theory. actually <laughs> correct. Yes. I have a few white socks. Actually, you know what? No, I don't have a single pair of white socks anymore. They, they've gone the way of the samurai now. How did tables have Which turned? Which also used to wear white socks. Yeah, but with sandals. Conspiracy? Which is like the worst kind of like wearing white socks and sandals is a crime unless you are a samurai. That kind is of that line. racist? No, 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 I'm saying that's I don't think that no, that's not racist. I mean, no, I'm saying like it, it, if it I looks want horrible, dude, come on, sandals and socks, dude, unless you're a ninja or a samurai, it, you have no business wearing sandals <laughs> and, socks. and socks. What do you tell to like all the 50 plus year old fathers? Because they rock. Oh, yeah, they the do. The khaki. Yeah, like sandals and socks. They have like is that what it what they call it the one with the straps all over? It's kind of yeah. like Roman sandals, <laughs> right? Because they're all dads and they're going to battle every day. Absolutely. Yeah, I used to own a pair when I was when I was younger, because they stay on your feet, man. You know. So do shoes. I know. If you but, lace them up. Yeah, but like in, in Brazil, right? You you oh, really guess. don't want to wear shoes all the time. It's hot, man. Even your feet sweat. You know, okay. you can't escape it, right? Yeah. So that thing is just it's basically it's like a breeze. On your feet, constantly. So you're pro-sandal. I'm pro-sandal if, uh, depending on the weather, of course, I guess, right? Right. But yeah, you live in I, Canada now, so you can't just rock I, you, around We sandals. don't get to wear a lot of sandals uh, here in, in Canada. I think I have this, I have, I've had the same pair of sandals for the last, like, man, I don't know, six years, seven? Oh. Dude, yeah. Oh. Because they don't age, okay? Okay. I, I take them out, like, a week Right for like a week in the year, yeah, and then and then they go back into the closet, and then they never come out again. Interesting, like a Republican homosexual, <laughs> you know. Is it voting time? I can't tell. It is, but not in the states. So that's why I made the joke Republican and not conservative. Okay, I'm trying to dodge <laughs> that political sphere because it's just horrible right now, dude. Okay, so the Hungarian election just went on. Oh, really? And um. Of course, like today was the the big Thanksgiving dinner for us, or yeah. lunch, or whatever you want to call it. So those topics, those subjects, just came out. Well, you know what, my uh, my family from back home are really involved into politics, mm-hmm. and last time I went back home, which was February of this year, uh, after like a decade, 
my godfather and like everyone in that like family realm was still like talking about politics and i just like i can't understand it because to me and like excuse for all those like non-anarchists that are out there but to me it's just like we're going from like one spectrum to the other and back and like back and forth and back and forth like year over year over year and that it just doesn't seem to be going forward it doesn't seem to be going backward we're just literally like going from side to side but absolutely but completely aside my political views um my mom is really involved in Hungarian politics, which I don't necessarily seem to understand because she doesn't live there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a couple of friends from Portland, uh, Oregon, um, and I have a couple of friends from Toronto that are Hungarian, and they're super involved in this whole election uh, bullcrap, if I, if I may call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, from one standpoint, I totally understand um, because it's the rights of the Hungarian people and um like i don't want to go too deep into it but it's just it was a really big tension mm-hmm. right and so um we're going to have our like afternoon naps okay and everyone's kind of just like calm and like i hear my mom like cry up because she's so excited that the political party that she was um like kind of going for yeah yeah, yeah. um one which uh congratulations to the hungarian people as you now have a new government um but at the same time i just don't seem to kind of like understand what the half and puff is about in like in terms of all politics yeah and that's when i started thinking that i'm an anarchist uh, or like a borderline anarchist because i don't want to see like chaos yeah you Um, just you just don't think government works anymore i don't you just don't believe in the system anymore i don't believe in the system because and Anarchism is not exactly is not exact. It's not it's not supposed to be chaos at all. Yeah, it is what people see will become if there is a lack of government. But it really is just the ideals that people can live without being governed by an entity, right? Mm-hmm. They can kind of govern themselves and everything. Yeah, so it's an ideal that, honestly, in my opinion, as much as it's easy, it's cool to flirt with, right? That yeah. you don't need a system of government to govern yourselves. But you, you, there's just too many of us. Yes, and you kind of do. Right? Yes. If this was like you know, fifty thousand years ago, it was just tribes, and then absolutely you don't need a system of government because it's just small groups of people, and you can yeah. you can actually organize better that way. But dude, there's like seven billion of us, and and so far, with all its faults, democracy seems to be the the best way to go about it. I right? suppose to give people kind of what they want you know yeah. it sucks when your when your party doesn't win but guess what four years down the line maybe they win and then you know the other losers are gonna be fucking bitching about this shit right it's like it comes and goes in Dense ways heating meter is like Basically, going oh, up man, as we're... Just, <laughs> I think it's just like you because much like yourself coming from a different country you're immersed into two political spheres now right it's not yes. just one yeah. so you hear from like both sides and some and then there's some points or some aspects that actually hit both both of of your cultures, both your North American culture and your like Hungarian culture as well, right? Yeah. Like like you know climate politics and all that kind of stuff. It would it would it would involve both. And now you have to hear from both sides of two different countries about the same subject that ultimately you you don't think both sides even have enough information to discuss, right? So absolutely, it 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 becomes a bit too much. And in family gatherings, is is just and then the, those conversations come out even easier right because then yep. because when you're with family you can you can really talk about you whatever can be you, yourself. you can be yourself <laughs> exactly you can be yourself and you can talk about whatever you want and sometimes 
people talk about some serious bullshit because <laughs> because of that yeah. loophole that we're family, right? Yeah, we so can just let it loose. Allow me to just be just <laughs> racist right now, and you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Okay? Let's calm down a little bit. Calm down a little bit. Let's let's like reassess our priorities here yeah. and go back to eating this turkey before I have to choke a bitch. By <laughs> by the way. Uh, Today is uh, this year, 2019 is the first year that I have had turkey stuffing and Brianna makes this really mean turkey stuffing. Mm. Like I literally was hovering over the table because I, dude, because there's limited amount of turkey stuffing, Uh right? Because you can only fit so much into this bird. Yeah. Right. And it's a you, big bird, though, but yeah. Like, it's a big bird, but when you when there's, like, stuffing on a table, it's just not enough. Yeah. And so, uh, she made this absolutely, like, killer stuffing, and I literally, like, have you ever seen, like, a motorboat action? Like, in action, like, how it's, like, just, like, drilling water? That was my hand with the fork <laughs> on the plates, and it was just, like, it was going, dude. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't like- even think I... Like it's like breathe. watching Goku eat. I don't know if you ever watched Dragon Ball Z, but there's always yeah, yeah. these segments where Goku is just like, oh yeah, and his it's face like, and the animation like moves incredibly fast. Yeah, and he's going through the table like tasting literally every single item yes. on the table. Right. That was me, except just with Hilarious. the stuffing. That's, it was absolutely amazing. Dude. I haven't had this kind of like food revelation in my mouth hole like ever <laughs> in in a while. Or like, ever, ever. Ever. I'm wow. gonna make that bold statement that it has been ever. Oh man. So I'm guessing you're looking forward to next Thanksgiving, dude. I can make it cannot that, come that stuffing. Any no, sooner. actually, Christmas, man, Christmas. There's there's yet another holiday for stuffing, which is Christmas. Is it? Yeah. In Canadian culture? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Oh, what? If dude, turkey. If you can't have turkey without stuffing, if there's if there's turkey, stuffing is very much in it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Christmas, dude. Christmas, and you don't even have to wait long. So yeah, okay, it's coming. I think I'm kind of stuff. Uh, stuff is coming your way. <laughs> I am so excited. You have no idea how excited I am. Yeah, over I bet food, um, food, and like not spending a lot on food because that's the other thing too. Is like we made this like when when I say we, I really mean just she. Uh, mm. She made this. <laughs> I watched. <laughs> I supervised. I went to the I went to the grocery store and I picked up booze. That was my okay. that was my well, job. I'll allow that. That was a contribution. That Absolutely a fair contribution. You both worked on the dude dinner. Okay, so I walked into the liquor store and um, my mom wanted uh, Guinness. My dad wanted Stella. Mm-hmm. I wanted like Trolley Five. A local brewery has this uh, beer called First Crush, which is like this wide IPA. Like it's deadly, dude. Uh-huh. Um, it's truly one of its kind. And Brianna wanted, like, some sort of cider. So imagine me with my skinny little noodle arms, one, like, set of beers in my hand, one underneath my armpit, one in the other hand, and I'm somehow trying to, like, balance the last, like, little... Because I had to have, like, four different things of different booze yeah. uh, go to the tail. And of course, you got to be a vlog at the same time, so... Be- <laughs> so how the gorilla it, pod. How do you make that happen? Uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was it was a challenge, and then I had to like stuff it all in the car, which wasn't that terrible. But then taking it in, like, have you ever had so much like stuff in your hand that you're trying to open up the door and you just like kick the the um, the door uh, open the, just so you can like the button the thing that opens it for you? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, 
just like, so I want to say that I had like a like a very healthy contribution to this whole thing, but I really I I, I did not. You're basically the, like the pack mule for the for the whole event. Yes. Which hey man, they contribute. They carry the I stuff. Suppose. They carry the stuff. Yes. Um, so that's that's what happened. Um, it was awesome, but then like it wasn't that expensive. Like a whole big turkey dinner, I guess for people like like a group of four. Mm-hmm. But even then, it was. It was. It wasn't that expensive as I thought it would be. And, and then, you're thankful for it, dude. <laughs> so much. Uh, yes. So much. Yes, because when I when I weigh as to what I want to spend on, it's kind of unhealthy. But it usually comes down to gear, and it comes down to anything else in life. So I actually just got a new watch strap. It's a beautiful like Italian leather watch strap. Ooh, I yeah. love it. Um, but I've waited like four months for a $67 watch band to order it. $67 watch band? Yes. That was $67. Yes. Dude, if I pay $67 for a watch band, I, I expect a watch attached to it. <laughs> Honestly. Yes. Not just the band. No, no. So this one is supposed to be like a super durable leather. Um, and like, I'm kind of like a, uh, I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist, but I, I, I am like a bit of a, um, I just like things matching. Yeah. Right. And so my phone case is the same brand as this watch uh-huh. band and like, like my iPad like case. Patterns. I, yes, I are very you, much do. Are you do. a little bit OCD about it? That very it unhealthy. Be, yes. Yeah, it has to be that certain way. Yeah. Are um, you are you like a belt and shoe kind of guy? Like the belt and shoe have to match, which is like it's supposed to be. I've heard. Not okay. that I'm so like, you know, fashion inclined as you are. <laughs> But but I've heard that it's a it's a big no no if you have I guess more so if you have a suit for a suit yeah I feel belt like that does not match your your shoes yeah so brown shoes brown belt black yeah shoes, that, black that belt, usually has to be a match yeah um, and so that was kind of happening with me mm-hmm. and I found it interesting because I have zero problems ordering a four hundred dollar bag um, off of Amazon or or ordering like seventeen twenty dollar pouches. Um, for like different like filters and batteries yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but like this watch band, like I really thought of it for a long, uh-huh. long time. You just like pull up on the app, stare at it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> read the reviews for like the tenth time. <laughs> gaze and just kind of like yeah. dream as to what it would be like. Yeah. But this is kind of like where where this whole topic comes down to is is buying gear. Uh, in my opinion, should be like an enjoyable. Uh, process yeah um, but a lot of times I find that because of the massive price tags that comes yeah. with uh, with photography or videography gear it's very hard to find a time and a place that you can buy those things um, and that's why I started browsing I actually got a nickname uh, from a concert photographer here in Calgary uh-huh. uh, Brandon is a wonderful human being uh, Brandon in photography is just an amazing person but she has called me the lens thrifter because I would go on eBay and I would look around for like weeks at a time for Uh one particular lens and I would find like maybe an older version of this lens and buy it for like dirt cheap. So for example, I use Canon Legacy Glass, so like the L series, which is their pro line. Yeah. And I've purchased a 28 to 70 instead of a 24 to 70 Mm -hmm. and that thing is like old as heck dude like i think i'm pretty sure it was made in like the 70s or the 80s is it noisy when you uh when you shoot 
Uh, not super video? noisy. No. The 80 to 200, which is the older version of the 70 to 200, uh-huh. uh, 2.8. Uh, it's actually called the Magic Drainpipe, which is a horrifying name uh-huh. for a lens. Um, but I have that lens, uh, and that is super That's noisy. Super noisy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like a little finicky, but it gets the job done. Yeah. And I bought that lens for like 600 bucks instead of the 70 to 200 Mark III, which I'm pretty sure currently it's still like two thousand dollars so i think budget gear has a very very nice place and dude always yeah absolutely smaller photography i mean um it's every it's not every time that you can buy you know a a lens that you want is exactly for the specifications because like i said this shit costs a lot of money sometimes absolutely yeah but if you're willing to make some compromises on certain specific specs of the lens that you're looking for uh usually mainly for us is uh autofocus yes right if we're willing to throw, in our case, if we're willing to throw autofocus out the window as videographers, yeah, we can go significantly cheaper for these lenses, oh, right? For like literally. all of them, yes. And then, and then, and not that you know, obviously, there's the limitation, and it's a big one for us, right? With video, no, yep. not having uh, autofocus, but it's still a lens that would perform it right the, to, to the specifications that you want, the focal length that you that you desire, and all that kind of stuff, for significantly cheaper, and you're learning. If that's actually what you wanted in the first place with yeah. the, the focal length, because a, time and time and again you will buy lens lenses, not not just one. You will buy yeah. lenses that it turns out that it wasn't exactly what you're looking for, mm-hmm. right? It, the, the the focal length wasn't what you expected, or or or, or the f stop. It's it's not as fast as as you want it to be. It, it can happen, and uh, and that's why people are, are usually always selling their gear because. All the you, time, buy, yeah. you buy a lens, and now I can't really do anything with it because it doesn't meet my 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 expectations anymore. So now I gotta get rid of it. So it, I think it's super useful to buy for buying specifically with lenses because that's some of the higher costs for 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 camera gear, right? Yeah. Lenses, um, specifically for them is is to go the manual route sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Buy these cheaper lenses. Uh, you can buy some that are just you know like a hundred bucks. Rivaling, yeah. some, rivaling something that would be a thousand, right? It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. And if, if we're talking photography, then absolutely you should invest on, you know, just the cheaper manual lens and get, get used to it, get used to shooting manual, mm-hmm. and then graduate to uh, to actually, now that you know um, what's your like, what's your focal length that you're mo- most comfortable with, because that's also a factor, right? Some people prefer mm-hmm. 35, some people prefer 50, some people only shoot 135, really compressed, right? Yeah. So once you know those things, then you spend, you know, $1,500, $2,000 in the lens that now you know exactly what you want because you've, you've tried with the cheaper stuff. Because, so, dude, you can't try on, like, a $1,000 lens. No. You, you can't. That's a waste You're of kind money. of investing at that point. Yeah, exactly. You're ex- 100%. That's just an investment now. You yeah. can't see it as, like, oh, I guess I'll try this lens. You can't. Yeah. Uh, so, when you say that you should, as a photographer, you should invest into manual lenses, this is when you're talking, like, you're very earlier on in your journey. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, 
Dude, it, and even if you're uh, even if you're already a, an established photographer, mm-hmm. walking around lenses, right, is what we call it. Just small yep. little lens that you can just pop in. It has a kind of a medium focal length that you can just take photos as you're walking around and have fun with the aspect of photography, right? That aspect that it, you're just because when you're trying out lenses, that's really when it's just the fun aspect, right? You're shooting yeah. everything and just like seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and all that kind of stuff. So I think like yeah, 100% as a photographer, as a videographer, mm-hmm. photographer first and foremost. Because even those lenses, you're never going to get rid of some of these lenses. No. I can guarantee you some of these little, small, little manual lenses that you can take anywhere with you, you're not getting rid of them. They have this charm, honestly, that kind of traps you in them and you want to use it. When you nail a shot, especially in video, when you've got a a, a subject that is moving and you're rocking manual focus, but you're just following this person and you watch it later, there's, there's a feeling of like nailing a shot in a set right almost like it because you had no preparation you're working with uh, an equipment that requires a lot of specification to get the shot yeah and you got it 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 when the machine is not not doing 90 percent of the work you feel a lot better oh you feel accomplished yeah about the work you've done right so um absolutely absolutely lenses like number one thing for budget gear for me yeah is get yourself like some cheap lenses see funny you should mention that uh about uh, kind of like rocking with a manual lens through a video shot. Oh yeah, man. I was watching a uh, an interview with Todd Phillips, director of Joker, the new Joker yeah. 2019 movie. Yeah. And um, he w- he was going into like his lens choice quite a bit in this interview, and he was mm-hmm. talking about the fact that they wanted to really uh, make it feel like that there is an operator behind those cameras that they're working with. Yeah. And nowadays, like when you look at my Canon camera it has dual pixel autofocus. It literally will not lose a subject unless it's like stupidly low light. Yeah. Um, your Sony autofocus has face registration. So if like prioritizes certain faces, like yeah. that's insane to me. Um, but with cinema gear, it's a little different. There's not a lot of autofocusing. Like Canon makes a couple of cinema cameras uh, that does have autofocus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main cinema lenses are all manual focus and it's interesting that you say to me that uh when you like turn the focus wheel like a certain way and then you actually like nail a person completely in focus uh meanwhile you're going with that like action that that movement with that movement it's it's rewarding but also on the flip side when you just lose focus a little bit it creates such an interesting um look that there's an operator behind that camera it's it's natural right because when you do because it's not focus hunting when you do it on manual, right? Yes. There's a stylistic choice almost to do so of mm-hmm. losing the focus. When a camera with autofocus does it, it's focus hunting and it's noticeable and right away it's not a design, it's not a choice. Yeah. People know that you didn't choose to quickly hunt the focus for like Oh my a gosh, and it's such an evident and, thing. It's such an evident thing, right? Um, so yeah, absolutely. So when you lose the focus there, it's 100% more forgiven than, than on a autofocus sense because you're like, Oh, I get it because it's a, you just see that it's a manual lens, mm-hmm. and then you just you're accepted. Which like a lot of videos, they use it. That's a, like a, a creative choice to you know. It looks hunt, very cinematic, yeah, too. exactly to hunt a little bit because mm-hmm. it does it does look very cinematic. I think it was one of the first techniques that I would see in uh, uh, videos on YouTube trying to mimic the cinematic vibe from from these videos because now these techniques are like dime a dozen, right? You have yeah. several tutorials on how to move a camera a certain way, how to use certain techniques and lighting aspect ratio to mimic a cinematic yeah. vibe. But the focus pulling, right? That is like, 
you know, quintessential Hollywood filmmaking, right? Yeah. Of like switching the focus from from foreground to background. Yes. Right. So when you do that with the manual lens, I remember the first time I got one. I'm like messing around. That yeah. that sense of control, that sense of actually being able to gradually just like you know move it with it, and and obviously if you put a, an automatic uh, uh, lens on manual mode, you can do this the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, but that feel of gradually looking for that focus is like. It's like, you know, it's so like rewarding when you first get a, a camera that can do that. Yes. Right? When that can establish a focus between the subject and the background. It's oh like, my it's gosh. so like, it makes you like, oh my God, I'm going to be a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I find it super interesting too because um, now with the advancements of technology and, and the insane like autofocusing technology we have, um, we have these like even smaller cinema cameras and they come out with uh, this thing called focus speaking where those things that are in focus are like highlighted. Or like yeah, white. so you can actually see like very, very precisely what's in focus, which helps a crap time. You know, it does, but I'll tell you th- this much. Mm-hmm. It only does, like it only goes so far though. I think sometimes... And I think it only depends on how wide the lens that you're using. Actually, yep. that's like that's like a main thing. If I'm shooting with my 14, right, and it's all manual, so the focus speaking does help a lot to a certain degree if I'm close mm-hmm. to the subject. But if I'm far away, it's so wide that everything usually will be kind of highlighted. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then some things will be more highlighted than the other ones, but because it's so wide to discern that, mm-hmm. it gets difficult as hell. So yes. depending on like the focal length, I will switch that completely off and only rely on my eyes because I can trust them. Yeah, I can trust them way more because it comes with practice, right? right. I used to rock like a 70D Mm-hmm. Which you know, for video, for low lighting capabilities, not the best that you could <laughs> ever have. That's a very modest way of saying it's, it. It's the worst. The worst. <laughs> it's the worst, right? So I'm rock, I'm shooting like nighttime events with that club events, no light, with just my nifty fifty. Thank God, right? Because yes. that shit saves like your life. Everything. But you can't rely on autofocus again because it's way too dark and yeah. the camera's gonna be going crazy. Yeah. So I would just be on manual, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just be like you know with the the righty tighty the left lefty loosey version of like you know how to nail like yeah. a, a photo focus right for clock and counterclockwise and just like and just follow like you know the person's eye never never i don't care about all the background nothing but i'll yeah. just worry about their eyes and that being focused because if that's in focus and the rest of the faces yeah i don't have to worry about anything else but with that practice of being like those really grinding shoots mm-hmm. that i've had so many of me just like oh my god just like i'm yeah. trying to find it I, I trust my eyes more than the focus speaking and on the Sony, which I used it for a while. I used yeah, it for yeah. a while, but then it literally become became a hinder because I could find the, 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 the focus faster by just naked eye than using the focus speaking. Interesting. Yeah. That So when you were looking for that, when you reviewed the footage, did it have like an operator feeling kind of um, like focus pulling when you like went in focus and then you like kind of got a little bit out and then you had to come back or are you like very very precise about your pulls i try to be very very precise about the pull mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and while it's, and i'm mainly talking about in this case i'm mainly talking about uh photography okay because in with video like i said if something is a little bit out of focus it works but yeah. then with photography it doesn't. it doesn't right so that's what i'm saying with 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 photos 
yeah. that I could check back on the work and see like, you know what, this wasn't exactly as in focus as I thought it was going to be, but the focus speaking was, you know, right there, like the, yeah. the most red dotted part or whatever the color you chose to be to specify that that's in focus was right there. Mm-hmm. But again, the, the, the problem was that I was using very wide lens and so was everything else around the person, the trees, the cars, like just basically everything, right? Mm-hmm. Denoting that it was in focus but not you know but not particularly the the you know the main thing that is in focus so for that case i prefer to just use a crop zoom right which the, the i have a shortcut for the sony as well that does that mm-hmm. and then find my focus with that crop zoom mm-hmm. right obviously i would still zoom in a little bit because it always helps but uh, I, yeah, yeah. I find zooming in is better than the the, the, the focus speaking so here's that's a, just me here's a question that i that i propose um because cine lenses have a certain look like you you can have the best looking um, mirrorless or DSLR lenses, mm-hmm. but it's not the same as cine lens. And I start to really figure that out now that I'm getting more into cinematography. Yeah. Um, would you rather have life with only cine lenses or with mirrorless and DSLR lenses? Well, that's a, that's a tough question, though, because think it through. Yeah, it's a tough question because for right now, what I need, what we work with, absolutely, I'll have to say, um, just the DSLR mirrorless lenses, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we use. But I always say that my goal is like one day, right? If I can dream, yes. one day is to do something more, you know, the, you know, uh, script shooting with, with mm-hmm. sets and short films and actually work within the industry, right? Yes. Where I would be mainly using cine lens, right? Yes. And all that kind of stuff. So that's, so my, it's hard to say because where I am right now, I need that. Yes. Where, where I want it to be, I would probably be using the other side of like, you know, Absolutely. using cine lens instead of like, you know, autofocus lens. Well, primarily. Absolutely. Um, so um, it's, a, it's like a tough question. It is. It is. For all of those who don't necessarily know uh, what the difference is between cine or just like regular lenses, because they do look very similar to one another. Um, usually cine lenses uh, do not have an autofocusing option. Uh, they could have a focal range, so it could be the exact same uh, 24 to 70 or 18 to 55 or whatever it is. Um, Usually, what I've actually heard that a lot of cine lenses do not lose focus as you zoom in, which is kind of neat. In all of our mirrorless and DSLR lenses, if we zoom in and we are on manual mode, it actually it loses, loses focus, focus yeah. and you have to refocus it. So these are kind of the, the differences between uh, the two. One has manual focus only, the other one has autofocus, and then one doesn't lose focus if you zoom in, the other one does. Ooh, does yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting little thing because... The main thing is like the manual setting. It's like one, yes. is, one is really manual and you need the time to set. You need to kind of control lighting. You need to know where the subject's going to be. Yep. Usually it's not a moving shot, right? People yep. are just like talking. If it is, you got like a... Fo- a, a focus puller, a, focus a dedicated puller, person. A second person dedicated just to focus while the person is only dedicated, the cameraman is only dedicated to moving the camera and, and, and fighting the frame, right? And all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So... so it's, there's a lot more work with it. Absolutely, it looks prime though. It looks fantastic, but that's it comes with the fact that you usually when you shoot with those lenses, you there's an aspect of controlling the environment as well. Yep. Right. You, you're not gonna see somebody shooting an event 
with a mini lens. No, you're not going to see people shooting a wedding with the with you know. The only people that I've seen using that are people who still shoot on Panasonic cameras, like on the Lumix Mm GH5 and the GH5S, which, by the way, are absolutely groundbreaking, phenomenal cameras. But they only have a manual focus because their contrast-based autofocus is garbage, like so terrible. Uh huh. So because of that, so it's again basically it's kind of like a set camera or a studio camera, kind of sort so. of, yeah. But I still, see, I mean, I see, see people, people do a lot it. with it. Dude, yes. people use the tools at, that they have at their disposal, right? Absolutely. And I think we talked about this last episode as well. Yes. So you shoot with whatever camera you have, right? It doesn't yep. matter. Dude. You I'll, make it happen. I do vlogs with a red. <laughs> I'll be that crazy dude walking the street like with a forty thousand dollar camera, forty thousand dollar <laughs> camera on my shoulder, basically, right? Yeah. Just like and still getting ugly looks because I don't have CTV on the on, on the side of it. Absolutely. Uh, see, it's interesting because when it comes down to budget, you said that a lot of manual lens are usually kind of cheaper. Um, they're like dirt cheap. They're dirt cheap. Yeah. Well, some of well, some. Okay? Yes. There's some cine lens there that you still be paying the like same price. Thousand dollars. Uh, Two thousand. The same price that you pay for you know a, like an automatic focus. But it line. looks. It's phenomenal. It's crazy, but also you would have to be working on that side of the industry at that point. Yeah. Or I would say just renting these lenses because because like, you can. You would. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Honestly, I would say that a cine lens is like the lens absolutely one hundred percent you rent, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has one specific function, but as yeah. as the other ones. Uh, with the ones with the, a more automatic control over the function is it's uh you know you can take it anywhere you can shoot whatever you want you absolutely shoot, you can shoot a birthday party a wedding or a show if your body has low light capabilities or your lens does you you can you can do a lot more absolutely right? absolutely um, so it's not for everybody no, no. but th- that market that has that is absolutely phenomenal which leads me to my next point how did you like the Joker movie because that's one of the most controversial movies. Uh, in terms of like feedback, yeah, that I've seen in a long time. It's a, it's a, yeah, it is, it is. It's a heavy I movie. Think, I think people still can't deny that it is a good movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> With all the controversy surrounding it, it even, even I will admit that you'd walk out of that theater feeling a little bit like uneasy, like uneasy about it. Yeah, you still can't deny that it was. A good movie. Nobody can call it like a bad movie. It, it was a good movie, regardless of how you feel. There was a lot right? of people who called that and told that it should be banned from theaters. I. But here's the thing, though. I'm gonna say that if you walk into that theater expecting to watch a origin story about the Joker, and and you didn't expect to be shocked or feel at least uneased about it, mm-hmm. then that would have made it a bad movie. Yes. Okay. okay. If, if you walked out of that theater going like, yeah, I guess it was all right, that would have been a bad movie. Yes. The fact that people still can't place it, that the people go like, I don't know if I should say it's a good movie because of the topic and the subject matter was so kind of, was so dark and so kind of iffy to talk about it because of the, the, the antagonist being a protagonist in this, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to like, it's hard for people to say like if it was good or not because I guess they, they feel like they would be judged by liking a movie featuring a character that is so, so troubled and so. See, this is why I love this movie. I guess. I, I think this is a true, beautiful piece of art. Here's the reason why they tackled an issue with a character that is so well known and so loved by so many people. 
But at the same time, not well, not that well known because we didn't really know much about the Joker's origin story, right? Exactly. We just knew that he was absolutely insane. Absolutely. Now here's the thing: they put this character into a place where he has mental illness, which affects a lot of people in today's society. Yeah. Uh, but not a lot of like we have all these different kind of um, like helplines and 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 like fundraisers, uh, but. I don't think programs. Yeah, but I still don't necessarily think we understand the deepest of what these people are going through, what they could feel, what they could think. And I think Todd Phillips did an amazing um, job actually getting us inside the person's head who's going through this sort of thing. Like the fact that even in his uh, interviews telling that this whole movie is going to make you feel like kind of uneasy since the first mm-hmm. shot and that's exactly what it's going to carry you through uh, until the very very end you watch uh, this person by the way uh, Joker spoilers whoever hasn't seen this movie and is I listening think, to I this. think to be able to talk about this we have to like spoil it a little bit like, yeah, absolutely. we may not like talk about specific parts of the movie uh, yeah. like that spoiled too much like him killing a certain person that kind of yep. stuff but there, is, there are parts that we just have to talk about we just about. have to talk about yeah. and one of the biggest parts to me is the fact that they tackle this huge issue of mental illness and, and the fact of how they're doing it that we really get inside a person's head and it's interesting that you tell that all these people uh, kind of feel bad for saying that it's a good movie because I feel like the Joker was made to be this person in this movie to be very sympathized with the fact that you feel so bad for this person and you start to like, quote unquote, understand why he's doing the actions that he's doing makes it more human to a lot of people. And that's what a lot of people did not like it because they started to see the fact that they understand this person. I think when, and all of a sudden it's just I like... I think the main reason why people didn't like it was the fact that, it, yeah, just like you said, it, it they tried they try to make a villain be understood, which is, it's like hard to do. Um, but at the same time, we're talking about a fictitious character here, so people need to chill. Right? Absolutely, right? I think a lot of people need to kind of like say, stop saying that it needs to be banned from. No, but I understand. At the same time, I don't want to play a devil's advocate, but you know, in in a podcast or radio type mm-hmm. situation environment, you, we gotta like give voice to both like both sides, I agree. right? So I understand their side on the aspect that there are there, there are like some shots of the movie or the, the at near the end that paint Joker as uh, almost like uh, the, the hero of Gotham City yes. near the end right he's painted not like a villain not like somebody not, not like not like a troubled person mm-hmm. he is literally kind of idolized as yeah. as the hero who brought revolution to Gotham City which yeah. was a much needed kind of thing right yeah yeah so I understand it because you can't have we can't have specific shots of the movie that like you know glorifying a villain after he just murdered like few a few people right? yeah in in, uh, in cold blood and not think about the route of like are they kind of like glorifying a little bit of you know mental health issues mm-hmm. are they trying to say that you know because he's he has mental health problems he was able to incite riots and and bring revolution to Gotham City you know mm-hmm. is that so I understand that it creates it, it might create a, a kind of like a a mixed message mm-hmm. but again it's a fucking movie about a uh, comic book character so yeah. uh, it, you're not supposed to take any uh, any of this seriously at all and in the most kind of like 
out there aspects of this movie, which is to me is how far Gotham City as a society like fell into madness with the Joker because everybody just kind of go crazy in that movie mm-hmm. very quickly, which is my which is if I have to say one my one complaint about the movie is just that how crazy Gotham City fell into madness after the Joker did a few things because mm-hmm. when the trailer when I saw the trailer for the first time my main question was how how does Arthur Fleck a uh, 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 person who's nobody in society yeah is able to incite those feelings in several people uh, that are that the feelings that are big enough for common average Joe guys to fight cops right yeah while wearing masks yeah so. It was, you know, it was kind of like, you know, a little bit far fetched, but it's a trailer, right? It's supposed to show you, like, you know, the the, the worst kind of thing that is going to happen in the movie. So my question was like, how is this going to happen? How is he going to gradually gonna? How is he going to gradually touch everybody? You know, incite people into thinking that okay, maybe this guy is right, and we need to rise against the, the you know, the the the, the system the and all that class. kind of stuff, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The, and the the rich people and all that kind of stuff. And in the movie, it was very much like. Like that, people just kind of went nuts, and they. But there's a very like big point uh, that happened in this movie, which, like, I want to say, sparked a bunch of these people. And, yes, and and it's all happening with an interview and one statement that a certain individual has brought. And after the the city has seen, like, heard this statement, uh, some agreed and some didn't, and that's why the riot kind of started happening. Right. Uh, as soon as they had that big TV interview with Thomas Wayne uh, talking about um, kind of like the lower class of, of Gotham, yeah, they just like instantly. It, it almost feels like it got they got triggered because how does this rich person talk about us in such degrading way? We n- need to kind of take a stance against it, and they found an image in the word clown. Mm-hmm. Hence, they got the whole Joker masks. I think it was a super interesting twist uh, on this character because they tackle so but many issues that, in sorry, there. Sorry, just to interject, just because yeah. of that, the same aspect. They only got that riled up to begin with because of what happened in the train. Remember? Like, yes. Without trying to spoil so much yeah. because of what happened in the train. That that was the catalyst, really, to spark everybody going like, this, yeah, fuck the rich. The, yes. the, that sentiment started from that one and the interview made worse and then there was also like the, the, the climactic scene at the end where Joker goes really crazy yeah. and people go like absolute nuts. Yes. But it's just that in the trailer I thought there was going to be more of a sentiment of of um, of maybe I guess I thought Robert De Niro was going to be more of a, of a villain in the movie than he, he was. He kind of was. But I, yeah, but I thought he was going to be more so than what he really was ah, in, I see. in the okay. villains. I thought he did that that he would be like the catalyst that everybody's like, you know what? Yeah, that public figure that we're used to seeing more so than even Thomas Wayne, mm-hmm. that guy needs to fucking go down. And so when push like shit gets too real, yes. I don't want to spoil too much, right? That makes people like go nuts. So I I just thought that people went because they're like you know they're stealing ambulances and crashing them into police vehicles with like prisoners yeah, in the back, it right? It goes absolutely like, haywire. It goes it goes haywire in like a split second, right? It goes from yes. them like just kind of shoving cops to like no, we're gonna just like murder these 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 police officers, yeah. right? And then just and just be done with it. But at the same time, I think about the the mythos behind Gotham City. Yeah, and it's supposed to be the worst 
city in the DC universe. It's supposed to be like a fucking like cesspool of corruption and yes. and the people there are supposed to suck and everything's supposed to be horrible. Yes. Which is I give this movie a like a big big fucking plus because it is I think the first movie even compared to the goddamn Tim Burton one yeah. where Gotham City just looks like an awful goddamn fucking place to live. Yeah, you really don't want to live there. Yeah, because the Tim Burton version of Gotham City was very dark and gothic because that's what Tim Burton does, you know? Yeah. It's all fucking gothic and Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before (laughs) fucking Christmas and shit. (laughs) And everything has to be fucking crooked and dark. But even so, even so, in his city... It, it was a it was a completely creative design that I could see you could see through it. It's like yes. oh the director is a gothic loving guy. That's why the city looks like that. It matches because it's supposed to look dark, but it look it has a, too much of a gothic feel to it. Yeah. It's too much on the nose, right? Yes, I, we get it. It's Gotham, and you made it look gothic. We mm-hmm. we fucking get it, Tim Burton. But in this movie, the the city just looks like shit. The people yes. look complacent and they don't they don't feel like they, they, they have the will to fight anymore. They just they they just accept that it's so much that garbage is literally on the streets. And and that's what made me kinda like take that opinion back on maybe the city going crazy too fast mm-hmm. because of the mythos of Gotham City is supposed to be a fucking horrible place to live. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a character in and of itself. The city itself yeah. is a character, right? It, yeah, it has an identity. It has almost like needs a voice. and wants and a, yeah. and a voice. And yeah, I think I just like the movie more now. Dissecting like, <laughs> you want to go see it again next week? I think so. Yes. Uh, I've been trying to watch that movie again because like though. it is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a heavy movie. To it's a digest, very heavy movie, but, but it has amazing performances. Oh, Walking the cinematography Phoenix is, oh. is like. Like, like Jesus it's so Christ. good. In the score. Yes. The soundtrack, the score, I forget Phenomenal. the name of the, the person who did it. It has like, she has she has a, like a Norwegian name that I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can never it's pronounce. It's okay, I'm horrible with names anyway. It's super long. But, um, <laughs> But it's phenomenal. Like the, the the song when he's doing the dancing in the bathroom afterwards. Yeah. It's so eerie and creepy that you're just like, you're like, ugh, like you're watching something yeah. wrong. Yes, and yeah. yet, like you're so invested and yeah, intrigued, and you're still so, oh kind of like enthralled in it because it's, dude, it, it's stories that deal with like perversive subject matters yeah. are the ones that usually uh, kind of captivate us a lot more because Absolutely. because it's like because it's taboo and is wrong and but but you want to see it right and, and you like, want to talk about and it and you want to talk about it and you want to and you want to David Fincher which was one of like one of the best directors out there right. Mm-hmm. fucking fantastic behind Fight Club 7 oh, Gone Girl so good uh, it's just so many uh, it, he was asked in an interview why does he think his movies are so successful and he says that it's he believes that people are perverted at heart in their hearts that's a bold statement they're perverted dude he's right I mean he's right mm-hmm. I mean there's a reason <laughs> there's a reason why the porn industry is is one of the biggest right behind the drug industry right yeah. there's there's a reason right because people are perverted right yeah yeah and i believe that i believe that in our hearts we kind of want we seek out a little bit of perversion even if we don't want to take part in it yeah we like watching it a little bit right i gotcha yeah, so yeah. so and he says and he does movies that appeals to that he deals with subject matters that are kind of like raw and dark and everything because he knows that people even though it's gonna get rated and people are gonna just say that oh it deals with some awful subject matters and it's controversial and everything he knows that people are still gonna want to go see it 
Yeah. Because controversy will spark a conversation. It, it will. It all. It always does. And um, and the, the kind of movies that will spark a conversation that will make you kind of feeling uh, unease or at least you're going to be thinking about this movie for a little bit. Those are the best movies you can watch. Yes. A movie that you leave the the the, the theater and you have kind of no opinion about it or just a. Uh, or, it didn't matter. Or you just have a grade. Oh, it was a seven out of ten. It it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. But if somebody, if you walk out of a movie and people ask you like, "How did you like this movie?" and you go like, "I think I'm gonna need like some time to like think to, about like, it, process like, it all, process it all." That's the movie that you should be watching. Those are the films that you should be watching. The films that make you think about it. That make you feel kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. And 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 and, and the, the movies that people on the screen are not necessarily doing nice things. Yeah. Even the main the main character are, is flawed as shit and yeah. he's doing questionable things to acquire what he ever whatever he wants to do so those are the movies that interest me and I'm happy that with movies like The Joker mm-hmm. that they can take like very dark subject matters like that and and become a blockbuster because it's, it's set to make a oh, billion it, dollars yes it's set to make a billion dollars which is insane which is insane right? especially with the it. amount of like uh, controversial feedback that it has even gotten. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Dude, it, it only helps. I guarantee it only Oh, helps. absolutely. Dude, people leaving the theater going like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. It's kind of like wrong. And yeah, they're going to talk Dude, about it. Then they're going to People are going to go like, right away. It. Yeah, right away people are like, okay, don't tell me anything about it anymore because go I need it. to see it. Yeah, yes. exactly. I, I don't want to talk about it until I see it anymore. Yes. Right? So, and now I'm excited about uh, Hollywood maybe potentially being a little bit more risky mm-hmm. on taking some of these scripts that deal with like some kind of like tougher stories and harder shit to watch that yeah. make you kind of question your own reality and maybe feel thankful that you're not living like that one life. of those characters, yes. right? Because with the, you know, with the vast array of superhero movies that we have right now, which you and me, we like it, of course. Oh, I love this. Nothing wrong with like a good superhero movie. Absolutely. But at the same time... It's a very oversaturated thing now. It is. It is. And the stories, they're not really telling anything that is new. No. Right? They're just kind of... like bad guy, there's a good guy, good guy goes through a tough time and then, ba- and then bad guy kind of seems like he's winning but then good guy wins yeah, and there's a big CGI fight in the end absolutely and, and there's, there's so much CGI I can't even yeah. handle and it. then there's some main credits right yes. like there's, it's, <laughs> it's like by the numbers now right? yes the stuff so it's good to see some like original and I'm using my air quotes again right yes. original story because Joker is not an original character yeah but it was told in the original way because the story we didn't hear we didn't know about it it is yeah. original in a certain way in right? certain ways yeah in a certain way uh, tell an original story that is dark and perverted yeah. and wrong and then it makes a bunch of money because that means that other movies that deal with these kind of things can come out and make a bunch of money. Absolutely. Because I'm all up for, you know, Spider-Man defeating yet another, like, supervillain. I would be there. But I also want these movies that make me think and make me feel like, yeah, I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. You know? Like, because you, you go to see a superhero movie, which now they're dime a dozen, yep. and you want to be those characters. Absolutely. Even with their trial and tribulations, they're barely even trial and tribulations. Like, Peter Parker's a nerd. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's that's such the burdens yes. of a nerdy kid in high school, man. Oh, my gosh. Right? But then you switch to the Joker tale and, like, a, you know, somebody who's deeply troubled in the society that doesn't give a fuck about them. Yep. You're kind of like... Is, does this movie have a happy ending? How am I gonna like feel about this? And that's the yeah. question that I want to ask before going to a movie. Not like I'm gonna get this fight and this fight and this and, and this scene. thing and this thing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So so yeah, I'm excited for that. Although although I don't know if it's gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna happen because like I mentioned, 
it's the Joker's not exactly an original movie because it deals, you know, with the character that people already know and yeah. like, and because it deals with the character that people already know and like, it is one of the main reasons, if not the single reason, why people went to see this movie in the first place. Absolutely, if it was just about some dude named Arthur Fleck no that dresses care. like some other kind of character to like you know seek vengeance on society that thinks that he's nothing. Nobody would care. No. Right, they care because it's the Joker. Absolutely, right? there's name attached. Todd to it. Phillips told uh, Joaquin Phoenix actually, like you know, when he's like, uh, kind of not instructing him, but like telling him how you know how he envisioned the character to be yeah. within this world. He says that imagine a movie that we it's a character movie that we just talk about this character and everything, but we disguise it as a superhero movie. Yes, right to get people to come and see it. We trick them into seeing this movie because they think right because the movie could existed. Completely original, right? Absolutely, it, could, it, it has no a, connections. Right? Basically I mean, because Taxi other. Driver is a thing, right? And yes. the movie is pretty much it is a big homage to, tra- to Taxi Driver, right? Yeah. I mean, fucking De Niro's even in it. Yes. Right. Yes. So, it it's. I think I, I just realized that I think the Taxi Driver is Pacino, isn't it? No, De Niro. De Niro is De Niro, right? Yes, it is. Okay, okay. We we'll edit that out. We we'll edit that. My questioning of it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, Texas Driver was a thing. So there was there was movies with the original tale of you know a guy down in his luck trying to like yes. seek vengeance on this yes. kind of fucking fucked up world right, yeah. and everything. But somewhere down the line, with all the superhero movies, we don't want to watch those movies anymore. They unless, found a good lever, yes, like Joker. They did. I think. They did. I think so too. Which I was did. absolutely like it was like I said, it was spot on. With the character pick, the actor pick, the music score, like everything was just so good about that movie that made a lot of people turn heads. And I guess they just didn't expect it. I've heard some headlines as well of like Hooking Finish talking about that the character, that there's no plans for this yet, but he sees that, you know, the character going pretty much anywhere that they see it fit. Oh, absolutely. Like hint, hint, right? Of like that kind of stuff. But what do you, do you, what do you think though? Do you think that? They should, I mean, like, they, they should they, like, get Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and then just kind of, like, run the show with him being a Joker now? Like, do you think, no. or do you think, yeah, I don't think so. Because Here's that the completely why. defeats the purpose of that of movie. Joker itself. Yeah, of that movie, if yes. you do that. Uh, and sorry, when I meant Joker, like, I meant Joker 2019 with Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. I think um, Joaquin Phoenix created this insanely good otherworld Joker. Because when you see the end of the movie, and like I don't want to spoil too much, because even then, just like hurts my brain. But when you see the last scene of that yeah, movie, that's, yeah, yeah, it just it makes you question the entire movie on its own. Yeah, to me, it like was this whole movie even real? Yeah, and I, that's where I'm gonna leave it. I'm for all those people that want to go see Joker, go see Joker, regardless of um, what other people say about it. Here's what I will say: if there's a person who is struggling with mental illness that uh, this movie can be really triggering and, and, and traumaful for them. I think we need to pay attention to that person rather than the fact that this movie exists. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I yes. think that's like the bottom absolutely, line where we should yeah. be as humanity because that's, to yes. me, that was Take the biggest topic. Take care of the topic. people who you think yes. this movie might actually affect. Right? Yes. 
in it more so than the movie itself. Absolutely. Like, I think that was the biggest message of this whole movie is that we need to open our freaking eyes and see that it's not about like the big like happy ending with uh, people walking away super rich and super famous. It is not about the uh, excruciating violence because let's be real, there are more violent movies than the yeah. Joker. Yeah, it's it's not about violence. This no. is about a topic that makes us realize how absolutely ignorant we are as society to other people. That's what this movie was to me. And that's like why I'm saying that if you are struggling with mental illness, um, that this movie is is triggering to you, we need to pay more attention to you. Yeah. Um, for all those people that are bashing it and, and say that this movie needs to be banned from movie theaters, you're, first of all, a wuss. Second of all, you're ignorant. Uh, and third of all, you need to open your eyes to much more than just what you see in front of you at one time. Yeah. And I'm going to make so many enemies with this statement right here, right now. It's done. It's said. That's it. <laughs> we're not even going to edit. It's it's going to make the final cut. Absolutely. Well, just well, I, because I think it's it's a very I, I think it's probably one of the most important movies of our generation. Quite I frankly, think so. I really? think that's it's a bold statement to make, but I think it's a very important for a generation. It's a bold statement. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> no, I get invited to my house. <laughs> I agree that it's like it's it's a fantastic movie yeah like I won't say it as like you know like one of the best movies ever made because there's still a lot of movies man there's still oh, a lot there's of movies so many so and Spider-Man's back in the MCU now <laughs> <laughs> we can rejoice you cannot you don't have to burn your Sony camera anymore yes, I don't have to burn my Sony camera man Sony thank you so much for making this this reality thank you Tom Holland for making this happen because yes, apparently yeah, he was yeah. the big he uh, kingpin card in this whole in this oh, whole situation yeah did he, did he threaten to spoil some Marvel secrets? Cause Let's be real. Tom Holland would have done it already. Exactly. Probably <laughs> already done it. Um, another big big topic that I wanted to kind of like uh, touch, or like another question that I wanted to touch with you uh, about is um, I just recently uh, hooked you up with this wonderful uh, battery grip that I was yes. super excited for you to have because I knew that it was good quality. It was good uh, value. Do you think... People need to be looking at the most expensive gear, or do you think people should acquire everything they need on a budget level and then upgrade from there on? What are your thoughts? I guess it depends on like, or it depends on like the kind of stuff that you get. I think if you're getting a body, then yeah, absolutely, you can spend the money on it. You gonna spend the money? Yeah, spend the money on it. And but if you're getting lenses, we already covered this. You don't yep. have to spend the money on it. You can go the cheaper route. Yeah. And if what about get, accessories? Accessories, absolutely the cheaper route. Mm-hmm. That's what I find too. Absolutely the cheaper route, dude. You don't need a two hundred dollar like ND filter. No, you do not. You don't. You can get one that it's fucking sixty bucks. Yeah. It works just fine. Absolutely. And 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 you're never gonna know notice the difference. And I know that some of these two hundred ones, you can have your focal length have sixteen, seventeen, and you don't get any vignetting or the the cross ones. Like yeah. The, the X, the famous X, right? That sometimes cross you get. polarization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. But at the same time, uh, not worth the money. Because mm-hmm. I can always just fix the focal length, and then you won't get like a, the vignetting that sometimes some of the cheaper, like the cheaper ones. Do Absolutely. Get. So there are ways around it, right? Yes. So I guess what you have to ask yourself is like, do you want to pay the extra money, or do you want to just go the way around it, which is going to be free? Yeah. Let's be let's be fair here. You're going to get the same shots. Yeah. Because the the difference is not much. I swear to God, I I move it from like 17 to like 18 maybe, and then like yeah. the thing is gone, right? So. Yes. 
there are ways around it. So accessories go the cheaper route, mm-hmm. and then see the limitations on some of the accessories, and then the ones that use the most that mm-hmm. those limitations are just getting a bit too much. Then you upgrade, right? Absolutely, but like, that's dude, yeah, time. Accessories don't buy the most expensive one. Recently, uh, I've looked at uh, foldable tripods, like travel tripods, and I bought uh, the Manfrotto Element tripod, uh, which is like a two hundred dollar like foldable tripod, mm-hmm. like it's un- unnecessary. I found the same deal on Amazon for like a hundred and thirty bucks. It's like seventy dollars cheaper. Not a lot of money, but it is. Still money. Yeah. $70 is, is money. Like, I was thinking of my six, $7 watch band for like four months. I mean, come yeah. on now. Um, but it's interesting because when I bought this, uh, this Manfrotto tripod, I stuck behind the brand. I said, okay, because it's Manfrotto, which is a very reputable brand yeah. in terms of photography and videography, it should be good. Little did I figure out that three uses later, the legs loosened up and... It just it just wasn't the same thing, dude. Sometimes you know the saying "you get what you pay for" is not true because yeah, you yes. can spend the money on something that should be you know more durable, yeah, and and you don't get it. it. It breaks just as easy as the cheap one, or it doesn't work as good as the cheaper route. So absolutely, the money, more money doesn't always mean that you're gonna better get quality. yeah better yeah. quality. No, it doesn't. Yeah, and I guess that's like it's tra- trial and error when it comes to that, which, oh, which sucks because a lot of this is trial and error. Like I think yeah. the the reason why we acquire so many lenses is because we just have to buy and see most of the yeah. times and then check it out. And I mean, you can rent it, but even then, like, I feel it. like you cannot truly get the potential of that lens unless you have it for like longer than than a, than a weekend, absolutely yeah. right. And usually, the most the most you're gonna get for the cheapest price will be a weekend rental, at least yeah. here in, in Calgary, right? Because you get for the full weekend, you get for the price of one day right basically yeah. the entire weekend so it is very cost effective but at the same time it, it it doesn't be you know playing with the lens for like you know a whole week or maybe even a month because you need different scenarios and different situations Absolutely. to try the lens right a weekend you're going to shoot one event or the one project that you have in mind yeah and in that, about it. in that in that one environment, that one scenario, and and then that's it. And you don't know if the lens works good in another environment, like a low lighting environment, or, or you know, or, or or any of the other situations that you didn't try the lenses on. So absolutely, take yeah. your time, um, but pay attention for budget gear because budget gear can sometimes be absolutely amazing. Yeah, and you know what? Don't forget the budgetiest of gears, which is. Which I thought that that's what we're gonna be talking about when you when you pitched the idea of talking about budget gear. I thought yeah. you were gonna go with the real budget, real real like MacGyver rig shop budget. <laughs> and I thought we're talking. I thought Rob was gonna to have to you know dish out that old tip of wrapping a rubber band on your on your tilt lever of your yeah. tripod and just smoothing those pans and tilts. You know, I thought we were gonna talk about that kind of budget gear, but but maybe that's for another. Maybe that's for another. That's MacGyver budget. Yeah, that's, DIY yeah. makeshift yeah, things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Take care, guys. Don't be a piece of doo-doo. Yes. And go watch Joker and feel awful about it for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>